Cairo, Seattle. Hey, good morning, good afternoon, good evening. Welcome, everybody, to the first edition. Uh, is that what you call it? And podcast, first edition, first show, first podcast. What is it? I'm here with Aaron Mason, my producer and engineer and, and hand holder. Hi, Jim. Who's going to help me out through this, right? We use the term episode. Episode. Here in podcast. Episodes land. in podcast. Okay, this is episode number one. Ooh. And if you could hear that bark there, I decided for the first Bark podcast. And Bark is named. We got the name from Dave Pridemore, who's my boss, and it was his idea to have this dog podcast. And so, by God, I'm going to go with whatever he wants to do here, and we named it Bark. And I brought my dog, River. He's my third golden retriever. He's nine months old. He's here as inspiration, or to just simply be a pest. He'll probably be whining and barking at some point, but he's here. And so, I just, you know, I'm, I'm a guy who loves dogs, and I assume you are too, if you're tuning in to the Bark podcast and I've always, uh, Aaron, you, you gave me a hard time about this. I don't know if you really gave me a hard time about it, but you got a kick out of it when I admitted that I like dogs more than people. Yeah, I love that. I think that sums up your position and maybe even the show's position. Really well, when well. someone, yeah, but when someone says that, do you really believe them? Do you believe, like, like when I say that I like dogs more than people, do you go, eh, no, not really? Because, you know, Jim, <laughs> no. you have kids, you have. Your mom, you've got friends. No, despite all of that, I believe you when you say that you like dogs more than people. Do you? I do. Okay. Now, here's one I've got for you. And Bob Stelton's going to join us here shortly. And by the way, I'm Jim Moore. I haven't even introduced myself yet. <laughs> I, I'm Jim Moore, and I, I, I'm a co-host on an afternoon show. It's an award-losing afternoon sports talk show here at 710 ESPN Seattle. And we'll be talking to Bob Stelton here in just a few minutes about his love for dogs, too, and Bob co-hosts Bob Graz and Tom, the midday show here at 710 ESPN Seattle, and we share a love for dogs. But I was thinking about when I was coming in today about this liking dogs more than people, and I've always worried that someone is going to say to me, Aaron, hey, if you have a choice between your wife and your dog, and, and someone says, which would you take? Which one would you keep and which one would you say goodbye to? Uh-huh. And I, I worry what my answer would be. Jim, I have a question for you. Mm-hmm. If you had to save either your dog or your wife. <laughs> like if, if they were both drowning? Uh-huh. Classic, classic boat scenario. There's only room for one. Only room for one. <laughs> I'm not sure I want you to answer that question based on the look on your face. Well, I would save my wife. I would save my wife first. <laughs> Bob looks no, I would. I would. I, it, I, I would... I would pause for half a second before I made that decision. <laughs> well, and, and I would think to myself, well, you know, River, he's, he's a golden retriever. He should be able to tread water. He's a good swimmer. A little, a little more. My wife can swim, too. Well, you know, come to think of it, she's a pretty good swimmer. So, yeah, it, it would. It, yeah, I would. Okay, here, the reason I bring it up, too, is that this actually happened. This actually happened one time where I know this woman who has, has a dog, and the reason she has the dog is because there was someone, someone up in Bellingham who decided, his, his wife said, hey, look, it's either me or the dog, and so he, had to, he chose his wife, and he took the dog down to this woman I know, and she told me the story about how he was crying when he dropped off the dog. Oh. And so that was, uh, that was one of those things where I just thought, boy, I hope no one ever asked me to make that, uh, that choice. <laughs> so, but anyway... More, more often than not, dogs more than people for me, and uh, you're listening to Bark here, and Bob Stelton is about to join us, and I'm trying to figure this out, Bob. Maybe you can help me with it, 
and maybe you can't, but I'm trying to figure out why we love dogs as much as we do. They're unconditional. They're, they're, there's no guile. There's no, there's no deceit to an animal. They're, they're, they are just pure. They're who they are, and they're consistent. They're always that way. And, and, and you see dogs, regardless of how they're treated at times, which really, really sickens me, the loyalty they show to, to their owners. Regardless of, uh, you know, if they're screamed and hit and abused, they, they have this sense of loyalty that's uncanny that doesn't really exist in people. You know, there's an agenda with a human often. An animal, it's just you, you are getting what they are. It's absolutely pure. And it's, it's, it's without condition. And I'm with you. I say the same exact thing. I love animals more than I love people. That's not hyperbole. If I'm walking across the street and there's a puppy in the middle of the road and a guy and I've got a chance to save one, Guess who's getting saved? Because the person should know better, first of all. They understand the the elements and the environment, and there's a danger to crossing the street, and I need to look both ways. And if the guy's not looking both ways, sorry about it. The puppy doesn't know. But isn't there something wrong with that? Because no. I always sit there and I think, God, there's something wrong with me. No. Because, you know, when there's these stories about hurricanes and, and uh, you know, people being saved in, in rowboats and everything, I'm always, well, I'm glad they got saved. But then when I see a puppy or a dog being saved in the same fashion, it, it, it touches me more than, than when a person's being saved. And so I think there's something wrong with me when no, I No, there, there's not. You're, you're a clear-thinking individual. Because a human has the ability to understand their environment and understand dangers and understand, well, if I do, if I make this motion, I get over here, I can save myself. Or if I do that, animals are just kind of running on instinct and they're relying on us to, to help them exist, right? In this sense, not talking about animals in the wild, but, you know, river is, counts on you for everything. If you don't feed him, he's not going to make it. If, if you don't yeah, feed but, your but wife, your wife's going to find a way to eat. <laughs> because he relies on me so much, is that, is that the reason that he loves me as much as he does? I think he, he'd love, that's what I just said in the beginning, is it's unconditional. It, it, it wouldn't matter if you fed him a ton, if you fed him garbage, you fed him prime rib, it wouldn't matter. He's going to love you regardless. You're his guy. Does he realize we're trying to do a podcast? I think it's adding dogs? to it. I think he's, you, you add, think it's he's, adding to it? So he's he, agreeing he's, with me. He's barking at the door. He's whining because he wants to have the run of the station here. He's and, barking in agreement. I got to admit, sometimes though. So every once in a while, like this morning, and it's every morning at our house, I'm having to pick up things that he's torn into. And yeah. I was I was telling you the story about how you can buy him toys, maybe. And dog, and you have a dog named Frank. Yeah. What kind of dog? He's a mix of Los Opso and Shih Tzu. And you, he's a rescue dog. Yeah, got him at Seattle Humane Society, which is great. And <laughs> and I was torn on that because I got I got this this guy over here from a breeder. But uh, yeah, so I but sometimes when I'm picking up after him and everything, and and you know he's getting into everything and he's messing everything up, I sometimes think we paid fifteen hundred dollars for this, Bob. We paid fifteen hundred dollars for you, and then I try and get mad at him, and I I can't. Because he's so cute, I just look at him and yeah. I just go, well, you know, I'm, uh, yeah, I get mad for a little while, but it's, it's, it's hard to get mad at your dog. Well, because you know he's not doing it to be a jerk. He's not doing it because he's a bad person or he's doing it. I'm going to show Jim. He's a he's a dog. He's having fun. That's how he entertains him. So you know, it's pure. Everything about the dog is pure. It's 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 just there. There's again, there's no malice in what he does. He's not trying to be obnoxious right now. Look oh, at he's his, not. His tail's wagging. He's seeing people. He loves people. He's got a good heart, man. Well, and what I tell myself, too, is that when he when he screws up, like when we go for walks and things and, and he won't get into the car when, when we come back and, and I have to you know get him in with food or, or a toy, 
I tell myself it's the owner, which is me. I haven't taught him these things yet, and I need to work with him more. So it's more, it's more when a dog screws up, it's more about the owner than the dog. Yeah, but he's, they have personality, too. He could be messing with you. You know, <laughs> my, my dog will mess with me when I'm trying to take him out. I'm like, let's go. And he'll look at me. And I, I have his harness to put on him, you know, when we go outside. And I'll start to walk toward him to put it on, and he'll take off running and get down in his crouch position. He wants to. He's playing, you know. He's not trying to be a jerk, and I don't want to go outside. His tail's wagging. He wants to play. It's just, you know, they, they, it doesn't take a lot for them to to just find that moment of joy. They're, a dog is so easily entertained, and they're so easily uh, uh, brought to that moment of joy. Whether it's throwing them a stick, whether it's handing them a tree. I mean, just look how easy it is to make a dog happy. Yeah, and it brings it brings so much joy to you too. Yeah, and that's it, I was talking to Stevie this morning. I've got thirteen year old twins at home with me, and uh, I was asking him, you know, what is it about River that you like so much? And he just he goes, he just brings so much joy to the family. Just you know, it's it's kind of like a a, a a family enhancer, so yeah, to speak. It's a constant companion, and it's consistent. There's no mood to a dog, right? You're not well. Oh, River's in a bad mood today. You don't ever say that. You could be in a bad mood, right? You could be tired not wanting to do anything but he loves you where you're at he loves you where you're at man and that's that's what makes animals and dogs great yeah i like that about him and and you i think you're like me in this respect too like movies or marley and me when the dog dies at the end you can't even go can you i can't do it i i read that book on an airplane i started sobbing on an airplane no. i i had to put it down because the lady sitting next to me was looking at me like i was having a breakdown <laughs> and i i I don't have the stomach for it. I don't, I am, when it comes to animals, I am weak. I'm yeah, weak. me too. I can't see it. Even though I know, I'll sit there like a little kid and go, it's just a movie. Dog's fine. It's just, a, it's just a movie. The dog's fine. The horse is fine. Whatever yeah. animal is being hurt or dying in the movie, I have to sit there and go through that in my yeah. head. So now I don't even go to those movies. Yeah. I, I won't either. I won't read I Marley and Me. Well, there's a couple things about Marley and Me. I won't read Marley and Me and I won't, I won't watch the movie because I know the dog dies at the end. And then I'm also mad because it was a, it was a former, it was a writer, a newspaper writer, and I used to be a newspaper guy too. And I'm mad that that guy made a bunch of money. It's <laughs> a really right. good book. Yeah, I'm, I'm mad that that I didn't do it. You know, I'm I'm bitter. I'm 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 envious. <laughs> you I'm, should I'm have gotten there first. But you could you would if you could power through the book. It's a fantastic. The movie's okay. The book is phenomenal, but it'll it'll gut you. It's yeah, just, Homeward Bound that gets me too. Remember Homeward Bound? <laughs> I love yeah. Homeward Bound. Did well, I did too. Sure. But you know, so you got the two dogs. You got the Golden Retriever, the old Golden Retriever, and the Bulldog, and then the cat. And the family goes away, and then the dogs go out and frolic and get lost. And then the family comes home, and they're not there. Oh. And oh my God, what you know? And so then when the the Bulldog and the cat come back, and then there's little Timmy or whatever his name is, and he's sitting there waiting for Shadow to return. Oh my God, I just I. I, I almost tear up thinking about it right now. I, I watch all. It, those... it, it's a movie, Bob. It's a movie. I know. I know. <laughs> it doesn't work to sit there and go. It's just a movie. It's just. A, it doesn't work for me. I sit there and watch those videos that people post on Facebook of like you know soldiers returning home after uh. two years and the dog sees them and the dog's crying and jumping all look going berserk or seeing their owners for whatever they were lost and they they came home and seeing the dog's reaction. I sit there and tear up in front of my computer watching these videos people post. I just, when it comes to animals, I I couldn't be softer. I, I would, I'm the last person that you want to have around you if something's going wrong with your pet because I'm going to be falling apart right next to you. See, I, and you wouldn't think that about you if you didn't know you because yeah. you're into MMA and all that that vicious uh, stuff where I, guys I are can do that. killing each other. I can watch a person take a beating and sit there and go, wow. I'll be intrigued by it. I see an animal get hurt and I'm like, oh my God. 
somebody help him. You know, I'm just like, I, I just turn into jello. I just, I, I am the softest person when it comes to animals. I, I'm, I'm not the rock you need. In fact, not to take this whole thing over, but when your dog passed away, first of all, I cried. Second of all, I was telling Jim, like, man, if you want to talk, whatever you need, let me know. There was a part of me hoping you wouldn't take me up on that because I didn't want to sit and sit there and cry in front of you. I didn't. Mm. I honestly felt like Jim needs somebody who's going to be strong and, and, you know, help him through this. That's not me. I can relate. I, I can relate to every emotion you were having, but I couldn't make you feel better about it. You'd probably end up consoling me. <laughs> well, <laughs> I appreciate that. And I almost did call you. And I, um, and it's been, let's see, it's been about 16 or 17 months now since my last golden retriever died. And I mentioned before that I've had three of them, and the one that's barking in the background is uh, River. Uh, but yeah, it's it hurts. And people who own dogs, that you, everybody goes through it. That's the only downside of having a dog is when it all ends. You got all this joy, and then suddenly it abruptly ends. And uh, yeah, I still I still have a hard time getting through that. I mean, I'm glad I have him, but it doesn't mean that I've stopped thinking about Willie. Doesn't, and, and there are doesn't still days. Away, man. It can it can just hit me. I'll be out on a trail every once in a while. I'll start crying. It just yeah. you know, it never changes. It doesn't go away. It, it really doesn't. And as as much as people will talk about it, get yeah, I guess it gets easier. It's not so heavy every day. But man, I can think about pets I've had a, a, well over a decade ago, and if I sat there and thought about it, I'd start crying. I yeah. I could cry at the thought of my dog that I have Frank. Something happening to him can bring me to tears, just thinking about it. I can't be at the vet when he gets a shot. I have to walk out the front door. <laughs> if I hear him yelp at all, I'm like, I gotta, I'll got I'll be out here. Can you just let me know? I'm not kidding. They, they think I'm the biggest baby because I'm just like, wait, are you, are you going to give him a shot? Okay, I'm going to step out here because he's going to yelp, and I, I can't take it. And when someone's not a dog person, what do you think of them? I think there's something missing. I think there's something missing. I think, I mean, they don't have to adore them the way you and I do. I think, I think we're on a little different level. But if somebody's just like, nah, I don't really care for dog. I don't care for animals. Well, first of all, if it's a girl, it's not going to work in a relationship with me. That's a deal breaker. That's yeah. a deal breaker. Yeah, for sure. Like, right? There's for sure. Some, there are just certain things you just know fundamentally are not going to work. Yep. And if you if you can't at least relate on a, on some level to to an appreciation, a love of an animal, there, there's something we're really not going to connect with. It's not going to work. It's deep. That love is deep. And that sort of care about something that isn't you or, you know, that bonding, that intimacy that you develop with your pet, like that's, I think, an important part of, of being alive. I, and, and people that don't have that or miss out on that, I, I both feel bad for and, yeah, I'm a little worried about. Like, yeah. I had an ex-girlfriend tell me about when my dog had, had so he was acting weird, he was throwing up, and I was stressed, and they're like, it's just a dog. And I went, and that was like a switch. Ugh. I was like. Well, it's we're done. Just a yeah. dog. We're done. It literally was a thought in my mind. I didn't say it right in that moment, but at that point, I was done. I was done. And, and people listening to this might go, "You're psychotic." Well, that <laughs> statement right there—it's just a dog. It, it tells you how much they value them or how little they value them. It's an item almost. It's like that's eh, a pair of shoes. I'm like, what do you mean it's just a dog? Yeah, so much more than that. Liz, our coworker, when her dogs passed away, I'd never met him. She posted a picture of her walking her dog for the last time on Facebook. I started crying. Yeah. It was a picture of her and the dog walking, and it was a picture from behind walking down the street. Ugh. And she wrote, you know, hey, one last walk, and I was just... I was oh, Liz, Liz is heavily involved with uh, rescuing dogs down there in Houston. Yeah. And she yeah, brings them up here in Seattle and, and finding homes for them, so it's really cool. 
All right, so do you want to stick around for the rest of this uh, Bark podcast, Bob? We're going to go whatever through, you want, Jim. I'm we're going to go through it. a series. Well, it's up to you, Bob. We're going to go through a series <laughs> of stories, or you can. Uh, is this part of the podcast too, where we can just go off the cuff right yeah, now? Yeah, I don't you, see why. Can edit this out. Yeah. That's the beauty of a podcast. That's You're right. probably going to edit it out. All right, do you want to hear about? Um, now we do this this thing on our show called Sweeping the Dial, where we take three stories and we just kind of buzz through them. And I wanted to do the same type thing with with dogs here because I've got some good stories. And in fact, let's start with this one. Because I talked to this man this morning, and I'm hoping that I can get a chance. In fact, I will. I think in the next Bark podcast. Also, coming up on Bark, uh, you like the title, Bark? I, I do. Just, I just saw Dave Primore out there. So, yeah, it's simple. It sums it up, and it's all about dogs here. Uh, we're going to talk to people who have named their dogs after Seahawk players. Okay. <laughs> and I just I just thought that'd be kind of fun, because I named River after, after River Craycraft, who's a football player at Washington State, or he used to be anyway. And so... And Willie for, was after Willie Bloomquist, right? Willie Bloomquist and Willie Mays. And then Murphy, my previous Golden, was named after Dale Murphy, who played for the Atlanta Braves. So I just thought, well, all right, there must be a lot of Russells out there, a lot of Russells or a lot of Wilsons. I, yeah. heard, I heard from a lady this morning who's got a, a Vizla, which I think Jimmy Graham has one of those. Okay. It's kind of one of those red-haired, short, red, short-haired looking dogs. Right. And um, named it B-Wags. Okay. <laughs> yeah. So for Bobby Wagner, the middle linebacker on the Seahawks, but there's a guy down there at Oregon State, an Oregon State graduate. His name's Gary Carlson. Fifty million dollars he donated, largest donation in Oregon State history to the College of Veterinary Medicine, and he basically did it because of his love of dogs. Fifty million dollars. Now this is what Gary Carlson. I talked to him this morning. I'm driving in. They got that new law here in Washington where you can't. You're not supposed to be on your cell phone. I've I've been I've, I've had tickets for that before though. I've got you really? I've gotten two tickets. I saw a cop drive right in front of me on his phone. Oh boy, on like, his phone. I'm sitting at a stoplight, going one way. He's going across the other way. Had a phone up to his ear. I'm like citizen ah. arrest. Yeah, I was going to follow him, pull him over, but I elected not to. Get the phone down. <laughs> no, I had the phone down in my lap. Anyway, I was talking to Gary Carlson and, and finding out more about it. I'm going to talk to him uh, next week on on the next uh, Bark podcast. This is what Gary Carlson had to say. As I began thinking about how I might make a difference in this world, I thought about those things that matter most to me. High on the list was the joy that our pets often give us, a special comfort and support that allows us to embrace life more fully. I wanted to do something that would enrich that experience and help us better understand and care for our best friends. $50 million he donated. Now it's going to be called the Gary R. Carlson College of Veterinary Medicine. That's amazing. That's awesome. Yeah. Can you imagine? don't Don't you ever think of that? I always think, man, if I were Bill Gates... I would be donating to the Humane Society yep. and ASPCA and all these different. I mean, that's, you know, you always hear people, I wish I had a big farm and I'd take all these homeless animals and let them live there. I mean, that's always like the dream for an animal lover. And that's a guy who's putting his money where his mouth is and where his heart is, more importantly. That's that's awesome. I'm really looking forward to talking to him because one of the questions I want to ask him is, uh, hey, Gary, any chance you could have donated $49 million to Oregon State and, and $1 million to me? <laughs> <laughs> and and then, then I could retire, Bob. For your care of River. Yeah, yeah then I could retire. But, you know, I'll probably make a million dollars on this podcast the way it's going in, right at now. At least. Yeah, probably. Oh, now River is barking in the background here. River, get over here. River, come. He, he doesn't know what that he means. He wants to interact with the people. He has no idea what that means. All right, so you got some Kleenex ready. Oh, we, we do. We have Kleenex ready yeah. for you. Why is this? We, got, we have a couple of tearjerker stories. Right. Well, they're not, they're not, they, they have happy endings. Okay. They have really happy endings. Bryant Pond, Maine. Have you heard of Bryant Pond, Maine? I have not. I have not either. No. No, but there was a blizzard there last week, and there was a dog named Sophie. 
a yellow lab, 13 years old. And Sophie, from uh, reading the story, always went out in the snow, loved the snow, would hang out in the snow. But Sophie didn't return one night. And then another night turned in, so two nights, three nights. Sophie was gone for three or four days. They, they had no idea. Thought she froze to death, the family there, Albert and Michelle Silver. And they put it on Facebook. They were looking for their dog. They couldn't find it. They got 2,400 shares on Facebook, which, is that, is that cool? Yeah, that's decent. Is that, that's decent. So they're looking for their dog. But can you imagine? So they're sitting there. Boy, what happened to Sophie? So the uncle comes over and starts plowing 200 feet from the house. And Sophie was there in a, in a snowbank. Like stuck, trapped? Stuck and trapped and couldn't make it out. And Sophie now, so it's a, it's a happy ending there, Bob, because Sophie's back home. Now, the one thing I didn't understand about she's this. She's okay? She lost five pounds, and she's doing okay now. And, and they show on the TV report out how happy you know the, the little boy is with, with the dog back home. The dog didn't have a collar, which mm. kind of surprised me. Yeah. Wouldn't you, wouldn't you have a collar on your dog? If it's an outdoor dog, yes. Yeah. Without yeah. question. So, Without question. Do you guys but, do the microchip, too? Yes. Mm-hmm. I have not done the microchip yet. I yep. did on my last dog, but I got to make sure I do that. So that's a happy ending there in Bryant Pond, Maine. So you didn't need to tear up on that one. No, I'm I'm, glad, I'm thankful for a happy ending. I can't take these kind of st- you can't tell these stories unless they've got a good ending, Jim. <laughs> the second story, the second story from the Bonneville Salt Flats. There was a dog. Now they named the dog after they found him or her, Kelly, because it it stands for warrior. Uh, according to this woman at the Utah Animal Adoption Center. And she said, I've never seen a dog show up in that bad a shape. This dog was out on the Bonneville Salt Flats that's so barren, not even the simplest life forms can exist. They feel like this dog, and it looks like a, a Weimaraner or something like that. It's one of those hairless type breeds. Mm-hmm. They brought the, A guy was out there, and he just happened to see this dog, and he just thought, well, he, he could tell that the dog was friendly and just decided to, to put her in his Jeep. But the dog had mites, mange, and like I said, the woman there at the Utah Animal Adoption Center, the worst shape she'd ever seen. And so now the dog is under, you know, they're getting all kinds of treatment. They're going to try and find a home for the dog. And if you see pictures of it, Fox 13 out of Salt Lake City. And then there's Facebook updates, Utah Animal Adoption Center with Facebook updates on Kelly the Warrior Dog. Uh, it's it's pretty cool to see that. I you know sometimes you know I, I see these stories and I it, it's just I always hit on the video or I always read the story anytime it involves a dog and it looks like it's going to have a happy ending. They're they're wondering if there's an owner and they want to wait to see if the owner will step forward and find out how the dog got lost. But they're mm-hmm. also prepared to um, find someone to adopt Kelly the Warrior Dog. Well, uh, I'm glad it's being cared for and and he, I I immediately go to the question: How did they end up in that spot? Right? Was it a was it a negligent owner? Was it somebody who just didn't care? And eh, dog's gone. Whatever. It's just a dog. You know what I mean? I my mind takes me there, and I know that's not fair. Because but the Bonneville Salt Flats. Yeah. So just I, I don't know how a dog could run away and then just end up out there, and then you just run for miles, and you're not you, everything looks the same in every direction. It's it's, it's heartbreaking. It's yeah. heartbreaking to imagine, especially if the dog did come from a really good home, and all of a sudden it's in this area of just like you said just running has no idea what's going on what that, that that's what makes you you so drawn to an animal is they they don't comprehend these things and it's you there is that empathy there is that sympathy and the understanding when they're out of their element like that how how traumatic that can be yeah you know I mean? well and, and the dog and and it was so cold out there the woman there at the Utah Animal Adoption Center has no idea how 
how she survived. The guy was in a Jeep, and somehow he found Kelly the warrior dog, and he said it feels good to help someone or somebody out because I know that dog would have done that for me. I mean, it's man's best friend. And we have one last story. Is it a good one? Oh, my God. It's it's the best one ever. It's, it's, It's hard for me to bring up because I'm a Washington State Cougar fan, as you know. Yes. But this is about Dubs. You know who Dubs is? No. Dubs is the Husky mascot. The University of Washington oh, oh. has a mascot. Now, here's something I don't understand, because Dubs is going to retire. One more season for Dubs, and Dubs is a Alaskan Malamute, mm-hmm. which if you're a Husky mascot, why wouldn't you be a Siberian Husky? <laughs> they're going for the look. I don't think they need to be breed-specific as long as it's well, got the same look. whatever they're doing. They should have a legitimate <laughs> Alaskan Malamute. But Dubs is going to retire 2018, last season, and Dubs reportedly said the time is coming for this old dog to pass the collar on to the next generation. He's ready to frolic in his own backyard with his family. So they're going to have a new Dubs in 2019, and they're currently... You want more details on, on sure. the new... Oh, you do? Yeah. Okay. The new Dubs is coming from the same litter that the former Dubs Oh, really? From. Yeah. Oh, that's yeah. cool. That's yeah. great. So it's the same litter, and the school is reaching out to season ticket holders and donors and other people who might want to be the new Dubs owner. So you didn't, you weren't aware of Dubs leading the the team out onto the field every week. I, I was aware that they had a husky mascot. I didn't, you know, what I've never considered is is actually who owns these dogs. Whether it's Georgia and you've got Uga out there, you've got different mascot. I've never really considered. I just thought the school took care of them somewhere in their facilities, and, and I, I never really considered that where where these dogs live. I haven't who either. Their, who their owners are? I haven't either. The coolest one in all of college sports is Ralphie there in Boulder. The Buffalo. Oh, I love that. I'm going to guess somebody doesn't own him in their backyard. Or... <laughs> no, I don't think so. <laughs> I'm not sure where Ralphie is frolicking, but it's uh, probably not in the backyard. It's on the range somewhere. All right, that'll do it for this first. Uh, what are we calling it? First edition of first episode. First episode of Bark. Did we have fun, Aaron? Thank you very much, Bob. Bob Stelton from. Bob Graz and Tom. Anytime, man. What'd you think? I, I love talking about dogs. And I, 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 I could talk about dogs all day. You know that. So if you if you ever are short a guest and you're like, I can't talk to myself, I'm in. I'll, I'll, I'll be happy to discuss dogs with you. Sounds good. I appreciate it. And the next uh, edition, what uh, am I screwing it up Episode. Again? Episode. <laughs> well, I'm new to this. That's give me, okay. Give me a break. I'm like, uh, I'm like River. I'm like a pup when it comes to podcasts. Uh, and that's why we love you, Jim. I don't know what the hell I'm doing, but as I, I think I mentioned this earlier. We're going to talk to Gary Carlson, and he's the one that made the uh, $50 million donation to Oregon State School of Veterinary Medicine. That's the next episode, the next edition, the next whatever on Bark. Thanks a lot. We know you have all kinds of chances. Everybody in the world's doing podcasts, and I appreciate that you took the time to listen to Bark.